0: Hello and welcome to Running Down Corridors, a Doctor Who podcast where we navigate the Hooniverse. I'm Martin and this week I'm joined by Chris. Hello. And Sam. Hello. How are you guys doing? Yeah, all right. Thank you, mate. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. Now, this is just going to be a short one where we talk about the latest Disney Plus news. So oh boy <laughs> For those who don't know, Disney plus is about to become the global streamer for Doctor Who outside the UK and Ireland. I'll come to you first Chris. what do you make of this news?
1: I think it's a good idea. It's a popular thing. There's obviously the big concern really with Disney is that Disney have well, it's essentially a monopoly on everything. They own Star Wars, Marvel, Fox. That's everything pretty much. So, there's a concern is are they going to ruin Doctor Who? But that's what general people are thinking. Are they going to ruin Doctor Who like they ruined Star Wars? As far as I'm aware, it's it, there is a s I think it's a collaboration in a sense, but it's mainly more as a backer than it is and a distributor than it is a creative takeover.
0: Yeah, I think the thing that's thrown people is RTD said they share our creative vision, and I guess that's open to interpretation. That can be he's just told them their plans, and they're like, "Yeah, good, we agree with that." Yeah, I think- don't think they're going to have any creative input. I think it's going to be more like the deal they have with The Walking Dead.
1: Yeah, yeah, they just yeah, it's just it's just they just stream it. It's essentially. To to allow people, uh, it's like the Hulu stuff, isn't it? Because Hulu's yeah. uh, essentially only really an American streaming service. It is, it, yeah. It, so uh, they use so they use that or Star or whatever to just distribute it, so it gets a worldwide feature. And Disney is very very popular. Uh, you know, it's uh, of course it is because it's the only bloody thing going, and the <laughs> it, it owns everything. Yeah, of course, it's popular. I think people are jumping the gun to be at this moment, concerned about about it. I think, to be honest, it's a good thing. I think I, I can't see a negative as such, given that I think, as I mentioned in the previous podcast, that it's just going to be, I think the show the show was on its last legs. Uh, the BBC, potentially, although it's just turned 100, it could be on its last legs. So if the Conservatives have their way with the licence fee, etc., it may even, it, it potentially could be some security. It could be a distributor even for the UK at that rate, if, if need be. So Doctor Who has always got a home, really. And it's produced, it's produced by Bad, Bad Wolf. So it's in safe hands. I think it's really, he only did it, I think he only came back because he just didn't want to see the show be lost, really. But I think you said it, Sam, it's like uh, a manager shouldn't return to a team, a football team. Uh, and, you know, if you've had a good run, why would you go back? But who knows, Russell Davis could be doing something completely different, and I think he is, and I, think I look forward to it.
2: Yeah, uh, I, I think I echo that completely. That is the old analogy I did use before when we first got the Russell T. Davis news. But along with this whole Disney deal, I, I think this proves that Russell T. Davis isn't back as a manager, he's back as an owner, almost. He's in bigger shoes this time around, I think. I don't know whether in trouble is the right word, but I do think that the that perhaps with the BBC that the Doctor Who was hit going on its last legs, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. The show's been, you know, on the air now for for a long, long time since it's returned. Mm. You know, it's been on pretty much every year since then, and there's not many other series you can think of that do that. If you take a show like sort of Line of Duty that I know is one we compare it to a lot, they'll they'll come back from a series, they'll have a two-year-off, come back with another series, have a year off, you know, so long. And it's, Doctor Who's never really had that freedom. It's been acting like it did in the old days, you know, coming back for for year on year and year so it was obviously going to get a bit of burnout what they've done here is just completely rejuvenated it with what they're going to be get, doing next and obviously it's gone to to bad wolf as you said and this deal with disney is i think really exciting i mean if you mm. someone told you in 2001 when we were in the the wilderness years you know the attempt to bring back the show had come and failed and someone had told you that Disney are going to buy Doctor Who. Well, not buy. I keep sort of jumping ahead there with that sort of phrase. But Disney would be doing a deal with with the brand of Doctor Who. You'd go mad. You're Just seeing that logo with the BBC and Disney together yeah. it just blew my mind. And so, as I said, my wife's not a huge Doctor Who fan, but she is a huge Disney fan. All her family are massively into Disney. Her brother-in-law is a little bit of a Disney nerd. He loves all the stuff and everything they do and the platform, the streaming platforms and all that stuff. And when I told them because we were on holiday with them that you know this had happened there was real excitement there was you know they, they were certainly jumping ahead to oh i wonder if they're going to be doing a doctor who ride in paris i wonder if they're going to be doing like i wonder how that's going to work i wonder if they'll do movies and although there's nothing in that at the moment these are the very very early days but you don't know what could happen you know you make a really good point there chris that if the bbc goes doctor who's gone essentially yeah. and it could go anywhere and it could get picked up by netflix if it's going to be picked up by anyone you'd rather it be bad wolf with disney in the hands of russell t davis somebody who understands it someone yeah. who loves it and someone who can protect it and it's exciting to think of where this could go i mean we've spoken a long time on this podcast about about uh spin-offs and stuff and whether you're a fan of them or not it's great that you can do them you know big it's amazing that big finish can pick up something and make a whole audio series with it and bring in great actors to do it you know so Derek jacoby is in their productions and now you imagine doing that with the, the budget of disney now i don't expect kind of disney to just suddenly go and reboot the whole series um and start again but i would be really interested if they went and did a spin-off mm. of something to do in the doctor who world and i suppose i have a couple of questions for you Martin. i think you're quite in the know when it comes to rights and things being sold here and there, and I suppose my question is, is that how much creative control will Disney have, and how much could they have? Do you think? Because you mentioned earlier they, they own Marvel, but correct me if I'm wrong. But Marvel did or do own certain rights stock too, because they used to do a comic book series, didn't they? I mean, it beat the Meep, If I'm right, were in a was in a Marvel comic. I believe so, but
0: Marvel UK was owned by Panini at the time, so I don't know if Disney Marvel would own that.
2: Okay, but is the Beep the Meep story, was that a Marvel comic story? Because it seems a little bit of a coincidence that we're getting a character from a comic book Marvel think about at the same time this di- and, and uh, we're sort of going into conspiracy theories thing here it's just a we'll call it a serendipity a nice coincidence that that's happened
0: but then again maybe everything eventually reverts back to doctor who the the brand like go going to dc comics Batgirl didn't exist until the tv show brought her in and then the writers <laughs> thought oh that's a good idea and Harley Quinn didn't exist in the comics until they Mm. were into the Batman animated series. So maybe it's something like that. Yeah, possibly.
2: The possibilities are endless, I think, with Disney. And I think if it could go anywhere, I'd want it to go to Disney. Oh, same. Um, I saw a lot of
0: people saying, oh, well, Disney are going to censor Doctor Who. And it's like, well, they don't censor Fight Club on there. They don't Mm. censor The Walking Dead. They don't censor Pam and Tommy. So why would they censor this family show. And then I saw a lot of people worrying about DVDs and Blu-rays and, oh, it's an exclusive streaming deal. That means there's no Blu-rays. It's like, no. The Walking Dead still comes out on DVD and Blu-ray. Pam and Tommy is going to come out on DVD and Blu-ray. Doctor Who's going to be no different. Disney has not pulled a fast one over on Russell T. Davis, Bad Wolf and
2: Sony. Yeah, and the BBC. The BBC still own it. So, I mean, the BBC are still going to put out the Blu rays. They're still going to do that. They're still going to have,
1: while they're around anyway, and, you know, it's, touch essentially, I mean it's, it's extra videos. money as well. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's only going to improve the budget and things. Um, mm. And I mean, you know, as much as uh, what we think of Jodie Whittaker's era, it was, it did look, you know, especially the last episode, it was much, quite, quite expensive. It looked you it know. brilliant. Yeah. You know, you know, some of the effects in there were, were superb. And I think you said, Martin, in, the, in our WhatsApp chat, because we have a WhatsApp chat. It also allowed sort of bigger-name stars. And Neil Patrick Harris was a sort of, was through having worked well, it's a sin. Yeah. Mm. So that was always a good one. But it does allow that sort of thing of, because I'm sure there's, there's many actors out there in a, in America, or, you know, bigger names that would love to do it, but it's money, you know? Yeah. You know, we could probably get them in. I don't Al Pacino ever a go at it but <laughs> you know mm. I don't know who you knows I just think it opens up a lot of possibilities we know Disney's you know got the Monopoly thing you know but yeah, at the end of the day it's uh had it, Wolf uh, looking after the show and they found a, a, a very good worldwide streaming service for it as well
2: well it exactly and and like you said if the worst did happen and the bbc went overnight and suddenly the bbc's just sort of lost with all these various rights the rights the daleks the rights to the cybermen the rights to whatever and then and you know at least i feel like it's in safe hands with disney plus i'd rather it go to them than it would go to itv or to channel four you know what i mean i I wouldn't want it just to, to stay small time and we've talked a lot about how Doctor Who, as a universe, can be as big, if not bigger, than Star Wars. So I, I like to me, it feels big time. And we've unfortunately been talking about the show being on a little bit of a de- decline. Uh, I think you made a, yeah. few, a good point in the last episode about really the show has felt a little bit in decline since the fiftieth anniversary. I felt like that was the peak. Mm-hmm. I felt like those that sort of two thousand and ten. David Tennant, Regeneration Time to 2013. I felt the show was probably at its most worldwide, its biggest worldwide then. And then it has felt like it's sort of tumbling down to the point where, you know, it's been pushed from Saturday nights to Sunday nights. And then who knows where it was going to go next and if it was even going to continue for a run. And now we're talking about bloody Mickey Mouse has got his hands on the TARDIS key. Yeah. It's, 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 I think it's huge. I think there's the possibility here to go really, really big with it.
0: I listened to a bunch of American film and TV review news. Kind of podcasts and a bunch of them that have never seen Doctor Who have said, "Oh, if it's on Disney
1: Plus, I'll check it out." Mm. Disney Plus sounds more appealing than BBC America. Uh, Yeah, um, you have to have a certain cable package, and yeah, yeah. it's not. Yeah, it's not. We we get it for granted because it's on the BBC. It's it's Channel One for them. It's at BBC America or Disney Plus. Disney Plus get everything on there. You know, or even everything from Hulu as well you know for us yeah. I mean, it, it just works it just it just works i mean amc produced the walking dead and D- disney distribute it you know um for us worldwide yeah so you know it works on that sort of basis really
0: and also um, disney plus has 221 million global subscribers wow so even if one percent of that audience watch doctor who that's two million viewers hmm. yeah I mean, the TV series would be lucky to get 2 million viewers on some of these recent episodes. I mean, wow. When you
2: think of it like that, I mean, I can imagine the back catalogue up until 2005 is going to go on. What do we know or what can we speculate about what might happen with the the classic series? Because I can't ever see the BBC putting it all on the iPlayer. As awesome as that would be, if they could put all the old episodes on the iPlayer, that would be amazing. Now, Britbox, obviously, are now going to be moving to like an ITV exclusive thing, I think. So I I believe I might have got this wrong, I think I saw something you tweeted the other day about, Mm. I think Doctor Who might be coming off Britbox or something like that. So do we think that the classic series, along with the Blu-rays, which we're saying are safe, they're going to continue coming and we love them, but do you think we're going to get to be able to stream them on Disney Plus?
0: I would say eventually. Yeah, from my understanding, ITV has brought, BBC out with their contract with BritBox. I don't know what's happening with the Channel 4 content that's on BritBox, but from the end of next year, I believe all BritBox, all BBC content is going to come off of BritBox. It's going to be rebranded ITVX. Right. Okay. So it's possible worldwide. Every country's got a different deal with Doctor Who at the moment, the 2005 mm-hmm. to jodie whittaker so i guess once those contracts lapse maybe that will head to disney plus because it's easier just to have it all in one location and i guess this explains bbc america pulling their funding from the missing animated yes, episodes
2: i want to get onto that in a minute mike but just to stick on what we're saying here about britbox you i believe had a good fact for us in a previous episode about what happened when britbox put all of doctor who on on there wasn't there a big rise in subscribers?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, like overnight. Overnight, it, uh, I think it was about a million extra subscribers.
2: So if you wow. if that's little old BritBox bringing in a million for the classic Doctor Who, let's say you're working in the UK wing of Disney+. Plus, What are you going to think at that point?
0: Well, you're going to think even if 1% of our audience watch it, yeah. that's two million.
2: Yeah, I can see, and I think it was yourself who predicted it, that I can see the classic series going on to BritBox as well. Uh, sorry, going, going from BritBox to disney plus as well
0: yeah because a lot of people saying oh maybe disney plus will fund the the missing adventures i can't see them doing that until all the classic who's on there because it's weird to just have this out of place story yeah up there with with doctors that people might not have seen before i've got a cousin in america and she's like if it's on disney plus i'll watch it
2: yeah yeah i mean it's a a great it's, it's markets it, itself. It, it's big time. If you say, I'm going to watch such and such on BritBox, you're like, good for you. If you're like, I'm watching such and such on Disney Plus, it just sounds a bit cooler. That's probably really materialistic, but it does seem to be that it just feels big time. Now, let's stick on that for a minute because I think that's really interesting, the point about the missing episodes. I think you're completely right. I think BBC America pulled it because they're thinking, well, you're not distributing Furious anymore. Go fudge yourself. But... Let's say that's going to Fantasyland for a minute and say, what the hell would the missing episodes look like with Disney funding?
1: Incredible. I don't, I don't know, it'll I reckon it would just be a case of funding the same animation. I don't think necessarily they're going to get Pixar to do it, which, which we would all love. <laughs> We'd all love Pixar to do it. I <laughs> think that is such a, a stretch for Pixar to pick up doing it. I the think doctor. it would
0: be recognisably the same style but I think the resources would be there to make it look better.
1: it would be more than just Rob Ritchie in his bedroom. Just, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We love you, Rob, though. Yeah. Keep Rob, at it, it, Rob. It's fantastic. And I, I want him to animate more because the stuff he's he great. gets up to now that he's bored, I feel sorry for him. Like every t- I used When I was on Twitter, um, when I was on there, I used to keep tweeting whenever, because Rob comes up with these brilliant little bits, and I was just like, please, for God's sake, give him something to do. Mm. Uh, the man is trying he's he's scraping the back he's, he's he's coming up with these crazy things just give him some animation work
2: that's a really good point you both made there and a very realistic and that actually dare I say it's something that I think could happen I think it's really interesting then that we were talking about I sort of talked about it like it was some fantasy thing what if Disney fund the missing episodes chris has come gone with a great point there and gone well I think they would pay the people who've already done it I think they would pay those who have been animating it for years. They'd go, right, these guys did it before. It's probably peanuts to Disney Plus to be able to pay them. And when I say that, I don't mean, oh, they're cheap or whatever, because I actually think they would pay those animators better. And I think they would give them more resources. And I think that's always been the limit. It's always been
1: the limit, which is why some of the animation has always been, in a way, scrutinized. It's about what they could afford. I mean, if you take a look at, Not Doctor Who related, but it was the BBC did their adaptation a couple of few years ago of the um, like a three D. It was a CGI version of Watership Down. Mm. The animation looked atrocious, you know, uh, but that's because it was done on a BBC budget. If it was done with Disney money, you know, you'd have something equivalent to a Pixar film, essentially, or or a DreamWorks at the very least. Mm even possibly even illumination. I'm not expecting that kind of effort we put in, but I think it would be just easier to just pay the animators, let them work, and also give them the money and the resources they need Mm. to do it. Um, At the time, I
2: think, as well. there's Mm. always been a very tight time. If you remember, Chris, we we were were lucky enough to attend and perform at the We Are Cult Live in early 2020, not long before the, the pandemic hit. In yes Cardiff. and attending them was gary russell and rob ritchie who did a talk about their which was then upcoming release of fury of the deep mm. and they'd put it together and they'd you know been part of the production team on that and they a lot of what they talked about was kind of working around budget working around time limits you know they sort of they talked a lot about what they wanted to do in certain scenes but what they couldn't do. There was also a similar situation with when they put together the, the team who put together um the Macro Terra, there was a scene cut in that animation and they said, well, we would have loved to have done it, but unfortunately budget didn't cover it we couldn't quite get it right we couldn't quite justify it yeah and it's the same even with power of the daleks there was a new version release because they said right we've got a little bit more money now this is how we would have done it but we couldn't do it the first time around because of this i'm hoping that those same animation animators are, are used because as we know from gary russell and rob Ritchie, it's a labor of love they go that extra mile because they love the show they put in extra little bits of love lovely little bits of bits and bobs in there because they're fans of the show. But with that extra budget, with that extra time, with those extra resources, I think we're going to get something fucking brilliant.
0: Yeah. And there's also oh, the possibilities for spinoffs. You know, Disney Plus own Fox, who made the TV movie. They own Grace. They own Chang. Everybody wants a Paul McGann, a doctor spinoff. You know, you, you own two characters right there. You can center yeah. that around.
2: You're, you're absolutely right. You know, there's, there's been a lot, especially after Paul McCann appeared in the um, Centurion special, there's been a lot of talk of, oh, doesn't he look good? He looks good. He looks ready to just jump in the TARDIS now and do a do an episode. I know some people are a little bit precious about that. People are a little bit, they don't want spin-offs. They don't want this. They don't want that. But I think like Star Wars is that, yes, there's been a lot of criticism of how, let's say, the main storylines of so the main films have been slightly ruined in people's opinions of Disney. I liked episode seven, but eight and nine, I'm not a big fan of myself. No, but the, and I think that's quite a common consensus. A lot of people didn't really like them, but those same people go, but well, I love the Mandalorian, you know, I love Rogue One. And that's because I feel like there's money now and there's I such think, a budget yeah. and this... So much money to make things for the people. So there's a lot. Of, you know, we do it a lot with with this, the main series of Doctor Who. We kind of moan a bit, but we are at the end of the day, we're three old farts. The show is not aimed at us. The BBC are not making that show for Martin, Chris, and Sam. But perhaps there is a show for us out there that is a little bit more. in You know, I, I do feel like Torchwood was made for the older Doctor Who fans, and Sarah Jane was made for the younger Doctor Who fans. So. There's certainly stuff out there, you're dead right, Martin. and that they could, could go, right, do you know what? We've got a really nice base here of hardcore Doctor Who nerds who are in their late 30s, 40s. Let's do something for them. There's also kids who love the wackiness and the wild adventures. We could do a cartoon for them. I think you're right, Martin. I think it, the spin-offs are certainly possible. I think they've probably not happened, but again, because of restraints of BBC budget. But on a Disney budget, we could have loads.
0: There's a danger of oversaturation. But what I find amazing that's,
1: is that's why I find with Star Wars, it's it's an oversaturation that sort of ruined it a bit. I think there's been too much Star Wars, if anything, and in very quick succession, which is why I think the films didn't work either.
0: Well, what's amazing is that when Star Wars is bad, Disney gets all the blame. But when the Marvel films are good, Disney get none of the praise. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, under, under Disney's funding, that's why we got the Avengers because Paramount mm. produced Iron Man and it was after the success of Iron Man that Disney purchased Marvel. Mm, right. So with Disney's resources, we got the MCU and yeah, I haven't loved all the TV series that they have put out, but there's some good ones in there. And a really good spin-off idea that I thought could happen is, you know, that support group at the end of Power of the Doctor? You have that. So you'll have them sat around, and each episode is them telling each other an adventure. It starts off live action. You get Katie Manning sitting down with these lot telling an adventure, and then the flashback of the adventure is animated. And maybe you get John Coleshaw in or Tim
1: Trelaw to be the third Doctor in that. It could even be the way they put the classics on, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be incredible. You know they could even just you know said so Joe talks about that time she went to Wales, you know yeah. uh, and to help the uh some uh, some of the miners had some the issue you know and then eventually it would just come up with the uh, the green death and be played who knows it's uh, yeah i'm I'm not a massive fan of spin-offs really I think uh, I think the show needs to have a foundation again first to do for it to work. It uh, seems to
2: be what they're going to focus on though with the way they're doing this series going mm. forward.
0: I'm not a fan of spin-offs for the sake of a spin-off. Like class didn't work yeah. for because th- yeah. it, it was just a spin-off to have one. But if you watch series one with Eccleston, if you were to pick any character in that series to get a spin-off, it would be Captain Jack. He's strong enough to hold his own show. That's an intriguing Ooh. character that you could see mm. having his own Ooh. show. So Tortured felt organic. And then in series two, they brought back Sarah Jane and then you got the Sarah Jane adventures that felt organic. If they introduce something in these 60th anniversaries with David Tennant, say Donna Noble, her daughter and her husband are really compelling characters and a spin-off feels like it's organic, then yes, do it.
2: Yeah. I mean, again, I think Chris makes a good point there about getting the foundation of the show first. I think it was two series of Dot 2 were done by the mm. time we got Torchwood. Yeah. I think the way things are going I think I think they're certainly on the right track for how they do this. You, oh, you, you'd be very excited if you were
1: shooty, I think. I think you, you oh, definitely. Be okay to I think that they're really sort of uh, pushing the bar. They've rebranded although the logo looks exactly the same as the old one. Oh, um, I love it. It's still is yeah, I love it. Too. <laughs> it's still a lovely logo and it looks great. I'm really intrigued to see how they go and now that they're going to stream it on Disney as well potentially with a budget from Disney. It's mm. just, yeah, it's just going to be fantastic. I'm and looking forward to it.
0: Right? Just imagine if Disney let them use the volume that they filmed The Mandalorian in.
1: See, I don't mind that in bits. I find that actually I can tell now. Now that I know that the volume exists and how they use it. That's true. I can see which well, bits What is are. this you're talking about? I don't in see. The, the Mandalorian, majority of it, it is filmed in a essentially a three hundred and sixty degree. Well, not really three hundred and sixty degree. It's more. Let's no, just say two forty. It's basically LED LED screens that curve around. Right. and they basically use. And they've also it connects to the lighting as well. They basically use the screens to put up backdrops and it's all cleverly linked to the cameras they use as well and the lighting But they can essentially change the back that it looks like they film outside it's seamless however now that we know that they use it i can see it every time oh no that's a lot for me kind of it's you watch it and you'll go well it's it, it's more the later stuff that i sort of noticed that stuff i'll tell you the film that used a lot of it that i didn't even know used a lot of it is um is the Batman? Yeah, yeah, that used that a lot. Was of that. All, that, that was a lot of using the same principle, same technology. Uh, so they never really filmed out a location; it was all studio based. And um, as you move the camera, the background moves as well. Yeah, and they can change the lighting. And because it's not green screen, say like for example, there's a sunset or something on the LED, it will shine on the actor. It really feels immersive when they're performing it and how they film it. It's very clever very genius and honestly watching The Mandalorian and when I found out that that's how, how they did it I was like that's incredible because I didn't notice it mm. but now I look at it and go I noticed it more in the Obi-Wan series that's yeah. the, the, I think that's just how they filmed it I think it wasn't very good but they, for The Mandalorian there were scenes I was like what do you mean they didn't go out to a fucking desert that's ridiculous <laughs> they build like even sp- internal rooms I thought oh come on you must have used a room for this you could have used a room I love the thought of, the, of Disney
2: working with, like, BBC crew to, so like, look, we're going to use this thing, and it can be anywhere in the world. You tell us what you want. and They go, right, can you do quarry?
0: <laughs>
2: uh, yeah, right, next episode, what? Can you do quarry? Yeah, we've done that. Where, where are we, Mars? Right, okay, so what do we want? No, nope. we want quarry, please. With a bit of red, just quarry every week. <laughs> you could just go to the quarry if you want That's a bit cheaper. No, no, no. Use the thing. Use the thing.
0: All right. So I would say the three of us are really positive for the future of Doctor Who and the partnership. At it's Disney nice Plus. to be
1: positive again, isn't it? It is. It is. It it is. is. Very All our times because moaning. We've we've gone grayer, or uh, you yeah. know, uh, since then uh, due to this. But uh, now it's just it's nice to have a positive outlook on things. I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, it could be shit. It, it could be shit. Yeah. But I'll be honest, it's just kind of looking forward to it. It does look mm. like a fresh take, you know? Yeah. It's a shame that Jodie didn't work out the way that they, they, they could have, the potential was always mm. there. And likewise with Capaldi really. And I, I think the difference between the writers they've had, like Moffat and Chibnall is, and Davis is that Davis has an idea of where things go like when it when he had the original idea for the series even when it didn't seem like he had it all planned mm. out it still when you watch it back feels like it was yeah um he, yeah. he was a genius storyteller and knew where to go what heartstrings to pull every bit of it and it just worked and he, he knew characters There wasn't a single character in that series that didn't speak like a fucking human. Yeah, Yeah, you know, everyone spoke like a person. There was no pretentiousness about it. There was no, I have to give exposition pointlessly. Mm Um, it was just natural and I think I, I generally look forward to seeing what he does with this one and I think as Stephen Moffat said, it's it's not going to be the same. It's going to be different.
2: Yeah, I agree. Uh, I mean, I do think unfortunately it's not worked out for Chibnall. I'm not taking anything away from anybody who enjoyed the series. Absolutely. It, it, it was a success for you and that's right. But I, for me personally, I, I expected a lot more from Chibnall. I, I think the writing has been very poor. I hate to be one of these people, but there's a lot of really good kind of reviews on YouTube where they give specific examples of why the characters haven't worked, why the dialogue's been poor, and unfortunately why ratings have dropped. There needs to be a little bit more due diligence going forward with the show if they want it to succeed. I do feel like sometimes script, you know, you were talking earlier, Martin, about things happening where eight episodes became six. You just can't do that. I know we've had a pandemic, I know things change, and I, I, I bet it's a very hard thing to run, especially with the BBC, where they're playing with licensed fee money and there's, they're constantly got people on their backs and people in the executives are changing in, in the BBC all the time. But I think this move and the change, all that has got to stop because w- what might have been responsible for this really poor, in my opinion, era of the show when it comes to the, those things, writing, plot, characters, and dialogue, if that's if that's the result of budget being messed about executives mucking around technical faults and all that then that's got to go you know because you can't run a tv program or a tv channel in that way so i'm hoping that going forward that the right budget is there the right organization is there the production everything because i think that's what we've really lost over the last couple of years it does
1: feel a bit like i always think of with Whiskers, here it's felt like uh, Lindsay Nagel the uh, PR woman <laughs> from uh, The Simpsons you know the one who's yes. always like trying to do the uh, you know he's always trying to micromanage Krusty and all the like TV shows Yeah, kids well, love her you're this. right she's, she's essentially Poochie <laughs> the talking dog that's, yeah. uh, that's how I found it. It's very much off. Kids love a trendy, fast-talking person. They love the David Tennant vibe. They love. They want to see a woman. They want to see sexy women. Not too sexy, though. We need to have, you know, they need to appeal. Let's use words like fam. Let's, uh, let's get some people of colour in there as well. Let's throw them in. Let's really bring it bring it in and, and so on and send some good messages. We need some good messages in there as well. Some real obvious messages that need to be stuck. The camera stops to just point at you and go, oi recycle, that's what we need and it just feels like it's it's a show that's tried too hard to do, I know I don't want to be that guy that, or the people that say tick boxing but in a way it did feel like a tick boxing exercise where it didn't you know, where it shouldn't have been, none of it felt as a really natural, it all felt quite forced, it was like watching a cartoon which is a shame but not all the time, not all the time but in a majority sense the overall feel of Jodie Whittaker's era was like watching a cartoon character. There was a very minimal depth. And it was just a lot of show of, uh, of us meeting expectations, trying to please everyone all at once. And, Do you remember? Uh, ironically, pleasing no one. <laughs> Do
0: you remember <laughs> when we did that negative review episode and there was that one that said the 13th Doctor is just Bubble from Abfab in space? that's what i feel all right guys i would say we've kind of taught this disney deal to death so we should say adios next week we'll be back with resurrection of the daleks
1: oh yes oh
0: (laughs) all right and on that note we've waited a long time for that (laughs) good night no night